thank you for joining us on the Rose Church Podcast. For more information about this podcast or other resources, please visit rosechurch.org or follow us on social media at Rose Church PDX. I'm going to share a few thoughts today about Christmas. And once again, maybe you did come because a family member tricked you into coming. Or maybe you're honestly just doing your moral thing of the year. Every Christmas you go to something and it's kind of what you do. Um, I want to share a few thoughts today about Jesus and uh, maybe his spot in your life or maybe lack thereof that you can consider today. I'm going to read from Isaiah 9 today, a pretty famous verse that portion of scripture always gets brought up around Christmas. It's not really a Christmas story like Matthew 1 or Luke 1 or 2 or about the birth of Jesus. It's more of a prophecy of Jesus. And if you don't know that word, it's a church word. It literally just means to say something before it happens. And there's a group of people in the Old Testament, they're called prophets. And really all a prophet is in the Old Testament was a, a man of God would hear the voice of God for the people of God. That's really all they did. And they would talk to people on the behalf of God. And Isaiah is a prophet to the nation of Judah and to Israel, those two different prophets talking to them. And he's talking about a king that will soon come. A royal king, this uh, portion of scripture in Isaiah 9 is called the royal hope. The current context of the scripture is that Judah is going into captivity. They're going into Babylonian captivity. Their land has been taken over. They are slaves now to another nation. And Isaiah is prophesying for a day that will once come where a royal king will come and rescue you. So I'm going to read out of Isaiah 9 this morning. Just a couple of verses, about four verses. Isaiah 9, verses 2 to 5. It says, And the people, being Judah, who walk in darkness, will see a great light. I want to tell you today, if you feel like you are walking in utter darkness, a light is on its way. It says, for those who live in a land of not only just walking in darkness, but deep darkness, a light will shine. Now, context, the Hebrew, which the Old Testament was written in Hebrew, the word a light is actually a picture of a term called the morning star. The morning star. It's still used to this day. When, when you are in the, the pitch dark of night, when it's three or four in the morning and you see the, the sun, the very first inkling of light, the very first ray that comes over, they call that the morning star. And what it's a picture of is a new day starting. The darkness is on its way out. A new day is on its way in. Can I just say today at the very beginning of our time together, if you feel like you are in darkness right now, if 2019 was the year of darkness, good news, a morning star, a new star could come in to your life and start a new day. Maybe even a new decade for you. Maybe 2010s was amazing for you. Maybe it's the worst decade of your life. Well, I'm believing the best is yet to come. And that 2020 could be a morning star moment of something new is happening. The darkness is on its way out. A new day is on its way in. Then he says, you enlarge the nation of Israel and its people will rejoice. They will rejoice before you as people rejoice at the harvest and like warriors dividing plunder. For you will break the yoke of their slavery and lift the heavy burden up from their so uh, shoulders. You will break the oppressor's rod just as you did when the, you destroyed the army of Midian. The boots of the warrior and the, and the uniforms of blood stained by war will all be burned and they will be fuel for fire. Look at this. Here we go. Pretty famous. You've been around church anytime around Christmas. For a child is born to us. A son is given. I love these phrases. And the government will rest on his shoulders. 
and he will be called four names. What's up with these four names today? Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. His government and its peace will never end. He will rule with fairness and justice from the throne of his ancestor David for all of eternity and the passionate commitment of the Lord of heaven's armies will make this happen. Isaiah is telling this group of people, hey, I know you're in darkness. I know you're in captivity. But there's a day coming. A new day is on its way. And by the way, that new day is going to be a light. And that light is going to actually become a child. And he will be born to us and then he will be given to us. And he's going to do fourth, what, of all the things to name, Isaiah says, 1,500 years before Jesus is ever born. 1,500 years before that child will be born through Mary. He goes, he's going to do four things for us. He'll be a wonderful counselor. He'll be a mighty God. He'll be an everlasting father, and he'll be the prince of peace. Do you know what's interesting is when you read commentators and books about this passage of scripture that is foretelling of a king on its way, that's the four things that every single person, listen to my voice today, no matter race, creed, background, or side of the tracks, you want these four things. You want wisdom and guidance like a wonderful counselor. You want strength from mighty God. You want identity from an everlasting father. And you want peace in your life. It's the four things that every single person in this room wants. We want peace, we want identity, we want strength, and we want wisdom. And I love Isaiah because he says there's a man coming, a child coming, that one day the government will be on his shoulders. That's why Isaiah 9 is really about a government, about a reign and a rule. And it's about a king sitting on its throne. Now you and I, whether we recognize this, whether we talk about this, we put our hope in leadership, political figures, bosses. We, we talk about it with a, a new president or a new boss or a new leader or a new authority, and we put our hope in them. Well, when the new boss starts, the stuff's going to change. When we get a new president, stuff's going to change. Well, when we get a new system, we get a new education, we, we put so much of our hope in a person, a thing, in a position. Ladies and gentlemen, you must understand that we are not, for those of us that are Christians and believers of Jesus, we've not put our hope in a Democratic Party. We've not put our hope in a Republican Party. We've put our hope in a party that was never voted in. He cannot be voted out. He was not voted in. He cannot be voted out. He is set on his throne from forever today and forevermore that he is our king and we put our hope on his shoulders. And I think Isaiah 9 is saying the same thing to us that it did to Israel. We are still waiting for a day that wrong will be made right, that tears will be wiped away, that there is coming a day, friends, that he will sit on that throne and his government will never end. And what does the Bible say? When his government starts, its peace will never end. Can I ask you today about the four words, the four things that Jesus, this king and this government, Give us number one, wonderful counselor. How many of us, we seek counsel from spouses and friends and bosses and counselors, and I'm for all of those. You should listen to them. But do you know we need ultimately divine guidance and wisdom? So I'm in control of me. How's that working out for you? Like pretty good. Well, you're probably 21. Just wait a few years. It's, it's going to fall apart. 
<laughs> Merry Christmas. God bless. <laughs> like, okay, let's talk about Jesus more. Um, but, but truly, like, if you're, like, fully control of you, how's that working out? You know every decision you're going to make in full confidence about the kids or about school or about money or about investments or about the business or about marital issues. Like, we need divine, divine, supernatural guidance and wisdom in our life. Can I pray this over you today that 2020 is going to be a year of divine guidance, divine wisdom, divine orchestration, that you will know when to go left and when to go right, when to stop and when to start. Why? Because we surrender our life to Jesus and we are no longer in control. And he goes, he is a wonderful counselor. Not an average counselor. He is a wonderful, mighty, supernatural, divine and wisdom. Second, he goes, he's a mighty God. Do the Hebrew picture. The Hebrew language is so much better than English. It takes us so long with our words to get, get through one Hebrew word. It's a very beautiful, painful, like it, it's a very um, almost abstract language. It takes so many things to describe it. Do you know like mighty God in its original term in like Hebrew actually means supernatural hero. You know what you and I need? A supernatural hero. A person to come in, right the wrongs, fix the turns, fix the things in our life, fix everything going on, and we need him to be strong. We need him to be mighty. That is why Paul writes in Philippians, when I am weak, he is strong. And I boast in my weakness. Who boasts in their weakness? Not you and I. It's not cool to be weak. When's the last time you told a grown adult, I'm feeling weak today? And they're like, good for you. It's great. Boast in it. We don't tweet. Feeling weak today. It's not cool or sexy to, I'm feeling weak. I'm strong. Got it together. Figured out this new year. Have every, my five-year plan is done. I've written it in my, my diary, my plan. I, I've gotten everything ready to go. To be strong is to be looked upon, but could it be that when you feel weak and you feel not enough and you feel like you don't have the answers and you can't carry the family and you can't make the decisions and you can't bring in the money, that it's okay to say, I'm weak right now. But good news, I've been given a mighty God that is my supernatural hero. And when I am weak and I am torn, he comes in with a strong hand. And I can boast in my weakness. That's why uh, Psalms, David writes, Lord, you know I'm dust. Do you think that God is shocked by your weakness, by the way? Are you scared to admit how weak you are because you think he doesn't know? David writes, Lord, I'm thankful you know I'm dust. So that when I come with my weakness, he goes, I know. For I will give you divine wisdom and I will be a mighty God. Strength in your life. Third, he says he is a everlasting father. That's an interesting term, isn't it? Not just a good father, not a nice father, an everlasting father. Well, this isn't even a Christian thing or a biblical thing, really. It's, it's well known amongst all educational systems. Like fatherhood, they, they, it, fathers give identity. How long, friend, have you strived to find out who you are? You know the two most important things in your life? Is you, maybe the most important... Two things that, I know it's a generality, I'm trying to like be careful how I say it. Probably the two most important days in your life are the day that you were born and the day you find out why you were born. 
I know there's important days. Your marriage was important. Get off my back, okay? It was a great day. We all loved it. Popcorn was awesome. But two days, when you were born, and you find out why you were born. What, it's identity. It's I know who I am. Listen, if you don't know who you are, you can be swayed into anything. If you will stand for nothing, you will fall for everything. When you know, I, I know who I am. I found my identity. And it's not how much money I make. It's not my gender, my race, my background. I am who I am by the grace of God. I was given my identity. I didn't earn this. I didn't achieve it. Your pedigree, your bank account, your 401k, you're married, you're single. None of it is who I am. That might be what I do, but who I am is a forgiven, loved child of the Most High. And I found out my identity. Why? Because he's an everlasting father. And fourth, what a I think pretty, pretty pivotal time in our world to talk about peace. I bet you there's people in the room today, you'd pay a million dollars to sleep well. You'd pay a million dollars to have your heart and your soul calm down. It's an epidemic in our world right now. And I don't think Instagram is helping, but that's a different message for a different time. We are riddled with anxiety, fear, anxiousness of the world at large. I mean, read Matthew, rumors of war and political figures and educational systems. Like, there is so much being thrown at us on a daily basis from so many different platforms. It's overwhelming, and we feel out of control, which, by the way, you've always been out of control. But it's really funny when we give, like, God control as if we had it. God, I give you control of my life. Thank you. You didn't have it, but thanks for admitting you're no longer in charge. You know, like the term in Hebrew, Prince of Peace, is actually, it's the Prince of Wholeness. How much money would you pay to be whole? A lot. Some of you have tried to pay money to be whole. Do you know what the picture is? It's a picture of strings everywhere. And the picture is actually somebody taking every string and bringing them back into unity back into a cord. That's what the Bible says, a cord, a threefold cord cannot be broken away. You know what the Prince of Wholeness does? Takes every string of your life, brings it back together, and weaves it how it should be. And for the first time you go, I feel whole. Because the Prince of Wholeness is able to take all of your life strings, weave them back together, and you feel it peace. Probably the, the, the seed of your anxiety is you feel like your, your life is frazzled. You can't control all the pieces. And before you know it, it comes all together. Oh, I, feel, I feel whole. I feel peace. The Bible says he is the prince of peace. He doesn't give you peace. He is peace. So he gives you himself. All I want for Christmas is identity peace, wisdom, and strength. I've said it all, all along, maybe the best gift you could ever get is not the gift under the tree, but the gift on the tree, the hung on a tree. The best gift for Christmas is not your uncle ruining the dinner, okay? 
the best gift is not your sister's boyfriend not coming to Christmas dinner, okay? The best gift is when some of you are like, I told you he shouldn't be coming. I don't know anyone's situation, okay? Don't think like your friend texted me to like talk about your boyfriend. I don't know, okay? Could be the Lord though. Um, <laughs> oh man, some of you are like, how does he know? I don't know, but the Lord does. Um, call him Ken. Son is given. Four things that could change your decade and also change ch these trains. And nine Sundays from now, it's going to be. All I want for Christmas is no trains. And the Lord has not heard my prayer. Every time my dad's at church, he's not here today because he's backsliding. Um, I'm just kidding. He's probably home. Every time my dad's at church and he hears a train, he looks at me and goes, they're so loud. It's like, Dad, I'm aware. They're very loud. Maybe this Christmas truly could be a pivotal, soul-changing season for you.